Hey, Toast. Ready to talk about cats? Welcome to Ineffable, a Cats movie podcast. A cozy exploration of the deranged motion picture that is 2019's Cats. Like the feeling of, on a cold day, sipping from a mug of hot apple cider, immediately followed by an absinthe monster energy drink chaser. I'm your host, Joel Arnold, and if this is your first time listening to the show, might I say, adventurous choice to start with an episode called The Butthole Cut. But hey, we're living in a time of global pandemic and cats existing as a movie, so nothing seems too outlandish. With me is my co-host, Toast. And on this episode, we'll be discussing the phenomenon known as the butthole cut. Up to now, we've known about two major versions of cats that were available to the public. The original released in theaters on December 20th, and the one that the very same day Universal sent a memo regarding to exhibitors. The Hollywood Reporter first broke the story that Universal would be sending to theaters a version with some improved visual effects, with the runtime unchanged. Director Tom Hooper had spoken at the premiere that he'd just been in a 36-hour marathon to complete the film, so it's not surprising that there were updates needed. What's a little more surprising is that despite seeing Cats in theaters three times, I personally don't believe I ever saw the patched version, if patches were noticeable enough. The sight of Judy Dench still wearing her wedding ring on her thoroughly human hand was pointed at the most as a flaw, but that image remained when I saw it at a rave cinema, a Lemley, and at Alamo Drafthouse. And then when I bought the movie on Friday from Amazon and watched it for a fourth time, the wedding ring was still there. I am not sure why the unpatched version was released, but I'm growing suspicious that a patched version even exists. It could be that theaters didn't receive the digital prints on time for when I saw the movie early on, or later, they didn't care to replace the first cut that they received. But could it also have been a PR stunt? To get people into the theater to see the monstrosity they'd read about in reviews before they missed their chance? Before we dive too far into conspiracy theories, which are central to the butthole cut, I'm putting out the call. If you saw the patched version of Cats, please send me a message. I want to hear about it. Now, on to the buttholes. So something happened on Twitter last Thursday. Cats fans were talking about the ones who saw this in theaters, had already bought the movie, and were consequently disappointed by the lack of behind-the-scenes or making-of featurettes, were stirred into a frenzy by a tweet mentioning an unseen version of Cats in which the characters had visible buttholes. Now, to explain what happened, I gave myself a challenge. I wanted to talk to someone so far outside the regular circles of Kat's discussion that I would have to give the fullest context possible. So naturally, I called up a professor of environmental science and policy, also known as my sister, Gwen. We'll talk about the movie for a few minutes, then get into the, uh, get to discussing the butthole. Hi, Gwen. Hey, how are you? I'm I'm doing well. I'm really excited that you've now seen this movie. Yeah, I have now seen this movie. That is true. Yeah, your text last when I asked you how it went after you finished was, we made it. 
Yeah, we we almost, you know, when they had like the the drugged out like dance battle thing, we almost stopped at that point. We, mm-hmm. okay. but we, I was like, no, no, no. Joel wants us to finish this, and I have to finish it before I listen to his podcast. So we have to do it. We have to do it. So we did that's it. Very, that's very nice of you. <laughs> so what was hard about it for you to get through it? Um, obviously, like there's some visual effects that you're just like, this sits strangely in my soul. But I think the issue really is that I like absurd things. Like, I really love Kimmy Schmidt. And, like, Ken, mm-hmm. my fiancé, can't stand it. He can't stand all the sort of madcap craziness. And I like other sorts of oddball shows. I mean, we watch Letterkenny all the time. But I, I need some characters that have enough development of them that I can invest in them or like them. And while Victoria seemed sweet... There wasn't anything else going on there. And all the rest of them had, like, one attribute. Like, James Corden ate a lot of stuff and enjoyed that. And McCavity turned into dust and was bad. You know, like, nobody's got more than, like, one dimension of them. And it just, I couldn't buy in. Yeah, it's all pretty thin. And I think this movie works or doesn't work based on how much goodwill you have for these songs and these performances because they're the only things that can carry it and at the same time having the visual effects work a lot against you being able to enjoy those things yeah so there's not much to grab onto like Rizabella did you have any sympathy for her I feel like she's the one that invites maybe the most I did I was just really also annoyed though because I, I mean I saw the musical when I was little and I loved it and I had I had the same shirt that you're wearing now, right? With the cat with the cat eyes on it. I wore it for like a couple different Halloweens as a cat. Oh yeah, I remember there are photos of you wearing that shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean and I I liked the music then, but somehow it was really, really hard to hear the words. Like to actually hear what people were saying. But for me to get into a song I need to be able to hear what it's telling me. That was a problem for me. And and some of the, the music didn't strike a chord like it did when I was a kid, because I remember loving those songs. I do, I mean, of all the characters, I agree with you that Grizabella was the most sympathetic. And I did have, you know, a little tear in my eye when she had her big moment. Mm-hmm. It wasn't enough. I was really mad, though, too, because I don't remember in the musical, and maybe because I was a kid, like, I knew that Grizabella was sort of sad and old, and her best days were behind her, and you, you're supposed to feel sympathy towards her. But I didn't remember the other cats being so mean to her. They were mean to Victoria, too. And yes, I've met cats that are mean. Of course I have. But it's like, well, I'm just watching a movie about cats being mean to each other? What's happening here? I think probably it was an attempt to create interpersonal interaction in the way that the stage show didn't have as much. Yeah, Because that is what a plot is, right? Interpersonal interaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like they add a romantic subplot for Mr. Mistopheles and Victoria, which I'm down with, but like it, it gives all of these cats like not everyone gets an arc, but some cats get an arc of like Cassandra is really mean. She's the one with like the very intense looks uh, and the gold tooth. Oh, okay. And she's like very mean at the beginning and at, at the end, like I've seen it four times now. And uh, at the end, I'm, I'm looking at her and she's like, oh yeah, she's got like a realization of understanding and maybe even regret that she treated Grizabella this way. I mean, but it was so subtle and she never really said anything. <laughs> so I would not have known that. And like, if there had just been more, like if Victoria's love story with the magician guy, cat guy had been played, if they had said words to each other, except for wanting him to magically bring Judy Dench back. Like if, mm-hmm. if there had been more, I could have maybe engaged better, but 
I mean, it's yeah. kind of with the whole weirdness. Like, I, I can get on board with weirdness, but... And some of the weirdness, like you mentioned, the words in the songs, some of it's, it, it's non-essential weirdness or weirdness that you don't need to interpret because you get that Rumble Teaser and Mungo Jerry are a couple of thieving, mischievous cats, but you don't need to know all the specifics about where they particularly live, which neighborhoods, and the particulars of which clubs Buster Jones goes to. And I think maybe to T.S. Eliot, he thought these were important things, but at this point, they didn't do anything to, to characterize a wider audience. Yeah, I can see that. They don't put them in any specific place. I was thinking, I mean, I like the Mungo Jerry and Rumple Teaser. Mm-hmm. I mean, I like them a little bit better than others, but I can't put my finger on why. But I, I also think, obviously, the Grizabella song, like everybody sings it, and it's like high school drama kids want to sing it, and it's like that big number. But I don't think I would walk around humming any of the other songs. I mean, granted, I don't walk around humming anyway because I'm sort of tone deaf, but like they weren't memorable to me. And I don't oh, know if that's the same. Oh, stabs I, in my heart. Right, because you found them catchy, I think. Yeah, Skimbleshanks, the railway cat, especially. Dun, 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 the cat of the railway train. I didn't remember. I mean, I remembered him tap dancing. I I was impressed by his tap dancing. And the Victoria song, I can't really tell you a lyric or two about it, except it had something to do with ghosts, but it was pretty enough. Mm -hmm. That's the Taylor Swift song that she wrote for the movie. Oh, so that's a new that one. doesn't surprise me because I'm a big Taylor Swift fan. <laughs> yeah. But okay, that Taylor I, Swift, she's, like she's the only one that got to have boobs in the whole movie. Yeah. She's like the only girl mm-hmm. that got to have boobs. I, I wonder how much that was a filmmaker creative choice or if she had say over how much her own body would be showcased because she gets to strut like in the wide shots and not everyone gets a wide shot even when they're dancing. Yeah, it is a good question. Maybe, I don't know, maybe she does have more boobs than your typical ballet dancer. I'm pretty sure that is accurate. I, oh, I did, okay, ballet dancers, though. I mean, I did like seeing the ballet. It wasn't the thing that I expected going in, and I was trying to figure out, I was like, okay, what am I going to get out of this? And I think <laughs> that the, well, I mean, I'm going to watch the whole thing. And so I think that the ballet was pretty. I enjoyed that. Yeah, I feel like this is, you have a really good approach of enduring (laughs) an activity, like a board game, let's say, and one that's not more your style, where it's like maybe like competitive and people screwing each other over. But if you are able to highlight something that you are enjoying, like you can make your own little town, your your area of Settlers of Catan, then like you will be proud of that. Yes. I'm like, I built a city on a hill with a library and a university. I don't know what the rest of you are doing. I don't care. You found the thing that you enjoyed and it was dance and that was good. Yeah. 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 Okay. So the thing I wanted to do most was since you have, you know, you're not as Twitter online as I am and you're definitely, I don't think on like film twitter and cats twitter no I am there not. is such a thing i'm on academic yeah. twitter which is way more boring <laughs> i think i mean i don't know i could probably stand to learn from something on academic twitter probably be interesting than millennial shit posting which is also joy no all the professors it. are just complaining about having to teach online and how do they do it and sharing 50 different ways that you can do it and their strategies and this other person's strategies and their model pedagogies and i'm just like i'm just gonna try to survive you guys <laughs> but yeah yes well, that's, that's good. That's good for some people. Um, okay, so to tell you about what happened, there is there was talk end of last week about another 
version, the so-called butthole version. What now? Have you heard anything? Of- no, okay. I have not. Uh, so the same night, Thursday night, that Seth Rogen had finally gotten to rent the Cats movie and was live tweeting it, there is a writer and producer, uh, his name is Ben Meckler, who is a presence on film Twitter. He's also worked on animated shows. I think the thing he's most known for that I really enjoy is he has highlighted the carelessness uh, with which some film journalism is treated when summarizing the first reactions to a movie. So an uh, a website like Hollywood Reporter or Deadline will have an article summing up, you know, here's how critics are reacting to Avengers Infinity War, and they'll have several tweets. What Ben has done is show that they might not be reading them. Like, I'll tell you a couple examples. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter had a story with first reactions from the premiere of Solo, a Star Wars story, and this is what oh. Ben's tweet said. Thrilled to say Solo, a Star Wars story, works. Cast crushed it. True to what we know, yet energetic, fresh. Only subpar thing. At least 40 minutes wasted on scenes where characters wolf down raw Vidalia onions? What now? Third act drags too. Still, this is a real Star Wars movie. Loved it. I saw that movie and I don't remember any onions. Yeah, so he likes to just like sneak in things that are patently untrue if you Ah, read the tweet about the movie. Got it, got it. Okay. He did another one. And this was picked up by Newsweek. And Newsweek already misstates first sentence. G.I. Joe writer-director Ben Meckler. No, he is on IMDb as doing visual effects post-coordinating for G.I. Joe. Um, So Newsweek is running the story about Aquaman. And that it's undersea Star Wars. And says that Ben Meckler calls it the best superhero movie since Dark Knight with rollicking action, an amazing sense of world building, spellbinding musical numbers in which Aquaman wears clams as tap shoes, and a command performance from Jason Momoa. DC has really righted the ship. (laughs) Um, I mean, I didn't finish it, even though I love Jason Momoa. So maybe by the end he was dancing with clamshells and I just I couldn't get there. I I had no commitment to my brother to get to the end of that one, and therefore I did not. That makes sense. So there's this guy on Twitter, and he is also excited about cats. And he receives a reply to a tweet about cats that he made. And I will read it to you because people got very excited about this. Someone named Jack Waz wrote, A VFX producer, friend of a friend, was hired in November to finish some of the 400 effects shots in cats. His entire job was to remove CGI buttholes that had been inserted a few months before, which means that somewhere out there, there exists a butthole cut of cats. And this like takes off and then leads within a day to Ryan Johnson tweeting like, release the butthole cut. <laughs> like People got so excited and just had so many questions. Like, I mean, like who wanted it in? Who wanted it out? There's got to have been a whole debate there about how do they pee? How do they poop? Do we put any of that area in? How much of that area do we put in? Because clearly there were different choices about how much of anybody to put in. You know, boobs, not boobs, for example. So that does seem like a reasonable thing to do, especially because cats, um, I mean, I'm more familiar with dogs lately in my life, as you know, but creatures clean that part of them. So, I mean, Judy Dench raised her leg up real high at some point. So I was like, oh, is, is Judy Dench going to have like a, a bathing session here? So I could see why for realism you might want buttholes and then have cats 
cleaning them, but I don't want to see any of that. Yeah, and that's a really good point because they do take steps to enact cat behavior. Yeah, the nuzzling, with... the weird nuzzling. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know cats do that. I grew up with cats, same cats you grew up with, but yeah, so they want cat behavior. But not, yeah, clearly not that kind. Oh, so there's a twist to the story. Ah. <laughs> so Ben tweets out next that he was given an urgent update slash clarification by a crew member who did visual effects who asked to remain anonymous. And what they said was there were never shots of cats with buttholes, or at least by design. There were a dozen or so shots where the skin and fur simulation was groomed or just folded in a way that really looked like they had very furry Ah. Uh, genitals or buttholes by accident. Accidental buttholes, okay. Yeah. It says it fell on 2D to paint out the offending articles when it was brought up and spotted. Daily reviews were constant awkward discussions of people plucking up the courage to point things like this out. Does this look like a fanny to you? And this person is, I think, from Britain. What a job. I mean, my job is weird sometimes. That job is weirder. I think it just speaks to how a lot of people are probably operating with like true earnestness and thinking that this would be like the Oscar Bates musical, like greatest showman spiritual follow-up that they hoped. And other people were like, there was another visual effects artist, uh, Lucio Manillo, who responded saying that like, I worked on this. This is true. We pointed out that we saw the cat's asshole. Higher ups freaked out as it was late in production. And so they had to remove them. Wow. But I mean, if, if you if they weren't trying to be, you know, the best production ever win all the Oscars for the cats singing, you think that they wouldn't have been as careful about the cat buttholes? Yeah. So maybe they rushed to get rid of them because they really were still chasing that that Oscar catnip. Nice. Nice. <clears throat> all right. Well, thank you for talking through so my hope is that maybe I'll have an update for you sometime later if people get their hands on the butthole cut <laughs> or if I'm able to like, what I really want to do is talk to someone, talk to a visual effects artist who actually worked on it. Even even if you're out there, I'll let you remain anonymous. I just want to know what happened. That would be super interesting to hear. Isn't it great to get on the phone with your sibling and talk about the buttholes of cats played by humans? I had such a good chat with my sister that I forgot to mention at the end one more update. Another anonymous VFX artist reached out to Ben Meckler and confirmed that some patterns and shadows created the appearance of buttholes and genitals, which the client asked them to remove. But an even bigger story was the removal of an effect that would have had a cat peeing on screen. This anonymous tipster said that the, quote, cat was facing towards the screen. You can see everything. That shot was client final. However, when I saw it in the theater, it seemed like they took off the P effect, unquote. The user clarified it was Rebel Wilson's character, Jenny Annie Dots, when she stops above a sink during her song and faces the screen. Such a moment exists in that song, so I wouldn't be surprised if a P cut existed. This whole affair begs the question, what other cat behaviors or unintended effects of utilizing digital fur technology were left on the cutting room floor? Could we have seen Sir Ian McKellen cleaning himself, you know, there, or been subjected to James Corden spitting up a hairball? Was there ever a cut that included the dog? These are sadly questions we cannot answer today, but one day we will. What we can do now is announce this week's real-life featured cat-as-I-make 
the Jolical Choice. This week, I've chosen to highlight another cat I've known for a few years, my girlfriend Katie's cat, Basil. Hi, Katie. Hi. <laughs> Uh, so I want to ask you about your cat, but also you've seen cats now how many times? I think three. Because we've seen it now twice together? Yes. What do you think of the movie? I, I love it, but I also hate it. I'm kind of in that like middle ground, but you know, cause you're so passionate about it that like it, it I'm forced to love it. Well, thanks for supporting me in that. I mean, like the last time we were watching it, I was vocally appreciating all these little moments in performance, really appreciating that this movie has such attention to detail. And you were just nodding like, sure, you can see that. Maybe it's there. Yeah. 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 I mostly just like want to fuck Rum Tum Tugger <laughs> and also Scamble Shanks. And that's what I feel watching. Okay, Skimble Shanks, I can get on board with. He's very attractive. I think just Rum Tum Tugger wouldn't. Would he even get that far? Like he's not relationship material. No, absolutely. But would he not. even deign to take the date as far as that? Like, would there even be a date with him? I mean, there'd be a lot of foreplay, which, like, not opposed to. Absolutely not opposed to. <laughs> this has gotten far more sexual than I thought it would for such a short episode. But uh, so sorry, are we supposed to be family friendly? No, it's cats. I don't think you can be fully, despite that being a family friendly musical. I think that like the implication is so strongly there in the movie. Oh yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite character? Oh gosh, I've never even. Oh wait, no, I totally have a favorite character. I forgot. It's Rumple Teaser. Yeah. Yeah. I love Rumple Teaser. She's my favorite. She's just so wily and looks great doing it. Yeah, she just wants to mess shit up and gotta respect that game. Does that mean you also like Mungo Jerry? Or, I mean, honestly, he's, they're like supposed to be twins, but he's somehow just less interesting. Well, no, I think they're like literally the same character. Like, you can't like one and not the other. They have the same song. They share everything together. I think she just gives so many better facial expressions. I can't think of a Mungo Jerry facial expressions and hers are just like her head turns and sly smiles. I think you're like distracted by the Irish accent. Oh, like if I maybe really tried hard and looked at him, I would see what's there. Yeah. Or if he had an Irish accent as well. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then like you'd be totally on board. Yeah, it's doing a lot for me. Um, But I really want to talk to you about your cat could you tell us please mm -hmm. about your cat basil yes so basil is my little garbage baby he is my son and i love him very much he is a cute little black cat that i took in off the street and now he sleeps with me every night and i spent over a thousand dollars getting his urethra fixed because i love him and that's what's happened. We've just shared a lot together financially. Yeah. And and emotionally. Yeah, it's been like a whole whole journey with him. How long have you had him? Like 2 years now, maybe. That sounds right. I want to say. Like but I remember him all the way in the days of you living at the place before this current one and he was just like a really friendly neighborhood street cat who 
would like plop down in front of you if you crossed paths and really like to get pet. And he was just the friendliest. Mm -hmm. So that's how he started out. And then we found out that he did not have a home or real owners. So we were like, oh, we'll let him into the apartment and just, just see what he does. And then we would let him in sometimes. And then he'd always sit at the door and meow to be let out. And then eventually we were like, you're never going to leave. And then he never left. And now he's just a little house cat. How has his personality changed over time, do you think? Well, I think that when we used to let him outside, when he was out there, he was doing God knows what. And like, you know, he was probably killing rats, like doing the shit that cats do. He was out there being a rumple teaser. And then when he would come back in, he'd be like all cuddly and nice and, you know, he'd be fine. But he wouldn't sleep with us at first. But now he's just like a cuddle bug. He'll sleep with me the full night. But because he doesn't get to go outside, I see the rumple teaser in him where he just like gets this look at his eye and he just like gets you and he attacks and you need to get away from him when that happens. Yeah, you can really... I mean, just having spent so much time with him, I can't fully see it unless you point it out, but you can tell like when he's gotten in a mood and he's just going to come after you. Like you've gotten a lot of scratches. It's fully like a like a switch flips and like you see it in his eyes and like in his ears and just his body language and you <laughs> know that he is about to break skin with his teeth and his claws and he you're not his mother anymore at that point. You're just something that needs to be attacked and you need to fend him off with like a pillow. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, once you wait maybe 20 seconds and then his pupils become less dilated and he kind of, you see that he's back in his body. Or maybe my apartment's haunted. That also could be a thing. I haven't really thought of that. Speaking of, the door just opened behind you. Oh, that was toast. He He's sometimes good <laughs> at like pushing on the door if it's not fully closed. But yeah, he's now right behind me. He's right here. He's at my feet. They met and uh, it didn't go terribly. No, I would say that they existed next to each other. Yeah, like they fought a little bit and this was at Basil's. It was at your place. So it was Basil's domain and Toast is just so chill. He was interested in the space, but also the other cat and Basil wasn't interested for a while and then eventually he tolerated it. Yeah, I still think Basil is like, needs to be the dom though because he's older and yeah he's just not gonna he's not gonna be swayed i don't think toast would care in the time of quarantine which and we're 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 being safe we're both isolating in our respective apartments but i think they could hang out again soon yeah i want them to like become acquaintances i think that's a good goal like not friends that is too high of a goal with enough time, I think it could happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it depends how long we're quarantined. <laughs> Where did his name come? Because it's not Basil. It's specifically Basil. Just because I'm like a poser and I'm just like, oh, I, I love British culture. And I just like always thought <laughs> that it sounded cute. Like to say, oh, like Basil instead of Basil and <laughs> shit like that. Like herb. a Basil and a herb. <laughs> yeah. So... You also wanted Toast to have a name. You wanted him to be called Scone, but the British way, uh, Scone. Mm -hmm. Which you then proved 
that I was wrong because British people say scone and scone and it's like a regional thing like where they say one or the other. Yeah, I was I was overly invested in proving you wrong at first because I couldn't believe that that was true. <laughs> and then we figured out that it's both ways. Yeah. So, you know, roast me in the comments, y'all. I think scone is a cute name. You really wanted them to match like. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the other suggestion was, but it was something involving another herb. Yeah. Like, I love herbs. Parsley. I don't know. Was it like lavender? No, it wouldn't have been parsley. <laughs> I can't remember. Basil also has on toast that he likes to sit in a lap, especially a blanketed lap sit, and toast just doesn't know how to do that at all. And and Basil's also so cute because he's got, uh, you know, like he'll knead, he'll make the biscuits, but he's also got his other cute habit. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just totally making assumptions on his childhood because I did not know him um, when he was a child. But I would assume that he, like, was taken away from his mother too early. And so he has, like, a weird problem with nipples. <laughs> um, and he likes to suck on, like, um, really fluffy blankets, like, while he's, like, getting all cute and cuddly. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a little nip, just like, you know, just a little waning. Mm-hmm. I think like kneading is associated with getting the milk out too. So it's it's mm. all about the nipple and goes back to their childhoods. See, cats love nipples. Why were there no nipples in Cats 2019? That would have been a totally different film. Yeah. I forget the butthole cut. I want the nipple cut. Mm-hmm. They really just avoided some signature markers of cats, like the butthole, any genitals, but also the eight nipples. Mm-hmm. Cats have eight nipples, and they didn't give us any of them. When you think of a cat, you think of, first and foremost, butthole. It's right there. You always see it. Yeah, and secondly, nipples. And we didn't get any of that, and that's why I can't say that I truly love the film. Listen up, Tom Hooper? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, got it. I would love it if if he heard your plea and gave us all, everyone clamoring for cuts with parts to us. I'm convinced that he probably has like a special, I wouldn't even call it a director's cut because it's not like he's going to release it. It's like his, Tom has this cut in his living room. Did you just hear Basil sneeze? You could have maybe heard him sneeze. I didn't. Did you hear Toast Um, Meow? He's like laying right next. (laughs) No, I didn't. Um, Sorry. But anyways, I think that he has this cut and he watches it alone personally, like with the buttholes and the nipples because he understands that they are intimate and important. But he doesn't realize that America and the world were ready to see it. It's wild to think that he thought what he released was what the public could handle. But anything else would be too far. Yeah. Did you hear Toast then? Mm-mm. Okay. He, he needs to be closer to the mic. Oh, there he is. Oh, don't bite my face. Basil's licking his butthole. Oh, good for him. I saw toast bite your face just yeah, then. Yeah, he, he bites sometimes. Only sometimes. And I was holding him too long to show you, but it's fine. So you two had a, a scare last year where he had trouble peeing the poor boy. Yeah. I mean, Basil's always been really weird about peeing. Like, we had this carpet and he used to always pee on the living room rug and he would, like, be peeing in my bedroom and he just has always had, like, annoying pee problems. But then there was like one day where he, I could see his little lipstick peenie came out (laughs) and he was licking it. And I was like, that's very strange. Never seen that before. Uh, Carry on. 
So I figure, you know, not the biggest deal, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. And then I realized that he was going into his litter box and he was like trying to pee, but nothing was happening. And so then when I Googled it, I learned that that is bad and that he could die. And so I took him to the vet and they had to do like this emergency operation on him because his urethra was blocked completely with crystals. And so he had to go and get this procedure and it was very stressful because it cost a lot of money. Yeah. And basically it was just like, he has to get this or like he will die. And so I was like, take all my money because th- my garbage son isn't going to die today. And then, you know, I, I did what I had to do. And now he seems to be better. He isn't peeing on the carpet anymore. Yeah. And he's rebounded really well. Like he has pretty much stopped peeing on pee pads now and like really like goes in the litter box like a champ yeah knock on wood but i would say that he's cured oh it's wonderful from being like a little street prince street prince what was aladdin from being a street street rat street rat but like a street cat (laughs) it's really special that he met you and you over time took him in and then just like wouldn't let him go out again and now he's a good domesticated boy who likes you and your roommates quite a bit yeah he's an angel now i don't know how it happened but i'm glad it did toast doesn't purr and i love being around basil because he will he will purr toast doesn't purr not really he purrs like a little bit mostly when he's like kind of asleep and getting a belly rub but i can tell when he's happy he just doesn't express it through purring but hey if he hung out more with a cat who did purr I think maybe he might be socialized to purr more often. Mm, Good idea. What do you think, Basil? He's sleeping. And maybe Toast could teach Basil to talk more, which I know you just love how much Toast talks. No, I would prefer that not be the case, but you got to give and take. All right, Katie, thank you for telling us about Basil. You're welcome. Thank you for having me and telling me more about Toast. Of course. I'll tell you more about him anytime. You can see photos of Basil on our Twitter and Instagram at ineffablecats, and there's a link in the show notes. I'd love to hear more about the rich cat personalities in everyone's lives, so if you liked what you heard and you'd like your cat featured, tweet about the show, tagging us, and include a picture of your kitty. Also, if you like the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating and review us on Apple Podcasts, where Toast would like to know, who was your favorite cat in Cats? Toast says our original music is by Jeremy Nasato and our show art is by Tyler Donnelly. Next week, we'll be back with a longer interview and try out alternating weeks with shorter episodes. Toast, any final comments? No, I don't need to see your butthole. I'm good. Okay, I'll tell them. Toast says he would never say that. This is just part of the bit I'm doing. Happy? Okay, he's happy. See you next time.